Welcome to Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 54. And my name is Derek. And if this is your first time in the show, well, welcome. And this is a podcast where we talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right. You hear it right. Board games that you can play solo or that you can play in a way with your friends against the board game. So you have that imaginary enemy over there. It could be in a dungeon. It could be a, you know, a hero's adventures. It can be a lot of things. Also, once a month or once every a few weeks, we talk about Solo with Friends, which is a special episode where we talk about a board game that it cannot be played solo, that it only can be played competitive or semi-cooperative or some other crazy mechanic, but it cannot be played solo or mainly doesn't get to play solo. So that's this is what is this show about, and this is episode number 54. Before we start with the show, if you have listened to the previous ones, well, probably you can notice a big difference on the audio quality. And this is because actually I'm recording on my gaming room and I got some new toys, which is a console and an audio recorder, a bunch of wires and cables, new microphone and things like that. So I'm new to that stuff. I'm still learning. But I got myself, you know, into a little bit, do a little bit of research on YouTube and different, you know, areas. Uh, and I got myself to buy more new audio equipment, which is great because I'm also, um, a few of my other hobbies is, well, I play the guitar very badly, but I play the guitar, piano and drums. And, and, and you know, I like to record those things as well. So with these new toys, I will be able to do it as well. But what, what it matters for here right now, which is the podcast, well, I'm trying to improve the sound quality. And I'm doing a recording very studio-ish uh, way where I don't have any computer actually in front of me. I'm, you know, I have my studio headphones, a console with uh, four different channels and stereo and I uh, have the audio recorded and once I record everything from here it will go through the now the uh, edit the software editor in the computer in that way I can start to edit the episode a little bit honestly just to put the the music a little bit between the sections and things like that as you if you have listened to my previous shows I usually don't like to edit that much because I think it lost a lot of the feeling of the show which is basically try to do like a live board gaming uh, podcast show that's my idea so <clears throat> i won't edit that as much but it's great i feel great recording than this i'm back to recording now every week i hope the sound quality is good for you on the other end of the speaker and if you have any advice if you have any knowledge or things like that in audio please anything even if it's a little bit please reach out to me and if you think that i can improve in something i will do it because at this point probably you know way more than me in this, you know, technically audio adjustments and things like that. But I hope you can listen listen to me very, very nice and at least, you know, acceptable. I'm pretty sure it's better than before because I had a very uh, rudimentary way to record, which was basically, I got myself a, a, a microphone from Amazon, what I thought it was look, looking cool and, you know, whatever I, th I thought it was best. And, of course, with a lower budget, and I attached it to the computer and with the audio editor, and I was recording directly through there. Now it's more like in a studio way. I have more tools. So please, please, if you have knowledge on these things, please reach out to me to SoloBG Podcast, either to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, which, once again, at SoloBG Podcast, or to my personal email, which is Podcast at gmail.com, where I'm always going to be happy to reply to your comments, questions, and emails. Anyway, this is episode number 54, and we have, like always, a very special one. It's a solo game that you can also play fully cooperative, and this game was provided to me by my dear friend, which I really like him, Mike Ganade from Rock Manor Games. Oh, they do such beautiful games. So this game was provided to me, 
uh, by them, and we're gonna re do the episode about it. I played the game a bunch of times, cooperative, uh, one player, of course, solo, uh, two players, three players, four players, and I like the game. Uh, I already shared a little bit of my thoughts, but I, we will talk about the game during the episode. Like always, we dedicate one game per episode, and this game is Set a Watch. Set a Watch, the Deluxe Edition, which I don't think it has too much difference with the normal edition. And this game is designed by Todd Walsh. Once again, it's published by Rock Manor Games. And let's talk about it. Let's start with the show. And I'm also going to tell you what I've been playing recently. This is episode number 54. Welcome to Solar BG Podcast. Let's start in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now we are in the show. Now we are ready to keep going. But before we jump with today's game or tonight or this evening, depending what time are you listening to this uh, podcast? Let me tell you what I've been playing. Well, most recently, I played with my friend Bill Stivers, a uh, board game night that we had probably two nights ago. We played one of my favorite ever games, which I, if you have listened to my previous episode, it has been included on my first top five the first year, which was 2018. And I actually mentioned it again on the top five uh, games from 2018. And I'm talking about Scythe by Sunmeyer's Games. I love this game. Even the base game, uh, you know, the expansions make it very cool, the campaign of the Rise of Fenris, but even the base game, it works so great. I love the game for me. It's a 5 out of 5, which is the way that we rate the games here on the show. So I really like Side. I've been playing Side recently, and I'm looking forward to play more with the app, uh, you know, the solo way. I'm trying to get all the expansions in that way I can have a more immersive experience. And, of course, I will share with you pictures in our social medias, in our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Solo BG Podcast again. I also been playing one of my 10 by 10 challenges for this year, 2020, which is Lord of the Rings, Journeys and the Middle Earth, published by Fantasy Flight. And, you know, basically the same mechanic if you have played Manchester of Madness or Imperial Assault now with the app, you know, like a dungeon crawler with the app where it like, works like the dungeon master is giving you all the pearls and quests and things like that and what you have to do, objectives during the game. Uh, it's another game that is on my favorite. I actually was mentioned on the 2020 top favorite games. And it's on my 10 by 10 challenge for this year. I've been playing Lord of the Rings as well. Also, another game that I really like that it was provided for me from my friends from Eggerspiel and Plan B Games, Mike Young. Thank you very much. That's uh, Era. We have an episode of Era in case you haven't listened to it. You can go to our previous episodes. Probably was, uh, I think, around episode 51 or 48, something like that. Uh, it's Era, a medieval age designed by Matt Leacock, I'm sorry, which is a role and build game. I've been playing that one as well. Also, Star Wars The Dark Side Rising. Oh, my God. This was an amazing gift from my friend Mark Dainty, which, by the way, Mark Dainty is from Notboard Gaming. Uh, if Notboard Games, I'm sorry. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out, that YouTube channel, Notboard Gaming, please do. Because Notboard Gaming is a YouTube channel with focus also in solo games. But he likes kind of the same that we like here, which is the immersiveness of games. So go and check on his YouTube channel, Not Board Gaming. Uh, uh, Mark Dainty, he has uh, awesome reviews, awesome tutorials, awesome playthroughs. And he was very kind and sent me a copy of the Dark Side Racing, Rising, I'm sorry. That is a Star Wars game 
from USOPOLY or the OP. And it's basically like Thanos Rising, but it, what it was released uh, a couple of years ago here in, in Gen Con in US. Uh, and this is Star Wars Dark Side Rising. It's pretty much the same where you are working against in, in this in this scenario, of course, versus Vader. And you are the rebels, or you're trying to, you know, rescue your rebels and try to destroy the Empire. But he's Vader at the same time is trying to kill all the rebels and, you know, build this, the Dead Star. And it's, I mean, if you like that sort of games... Um, and this is a Star Wars, and you like Star Wars, well, this is a definitely a, a must-have. My friend Mark, he sent me a copy, because this game, it was only released in Europe, I think. It wasn't released in U.S. or, or America. And I guess that's the uh, license issues, I guess. But anyway, he sent me a copy with some promos. I really enjoy the game. Once again, you can check out the pictures in our social medias, and it's, it's great. I've been playing it as well. Also, Cthulhu Dead May Die, another one. You know, in my 10 by 10 challenge, we're going to talk about that game very soon. We're going to have an episode because that game, that game, my friends, Cthulhu Dead May Die by Simon Games and designed by Eric Lang. And, you know, I always forget the name of the other assignment. You know what? I'm actually on me in my game room here. Let's see. I'm going to pull the game in that way. Okay, the game is designed by Bob uh, W. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Bob W. and Eric M. Lang. Um, that game. We're going to talk about that game very soon. That's Cthulhu Dead May Die. Also, I've been playing Movie Empire by Stimulus Games. We're going to have an episode as well because they were very kind and they sent us the expansions for the games. And it's most like a what kind of like a Euro worker placement game where you're trying to produce a movie or make your own movie. So if you like the 80s, 90s, American, most of American pop culture movies like, I don't know, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, um, uh, Forrest Gump and that sort of things, uh, uh, you know, Die Hard. Well, this is a game that probably it will be very appealing to you. But once again, that will be in an episode that is going to come out very soon. I've been playing the game in that way. I can have a very, um, you know, big, big, uh, on the, the whole picture, let's call it like that, the whole picture of the game in that way I can share you my thoughts. Also, uh, I've been playing Robin Hood Hero of the People. That was a Kickstarter game, one player, a solitary game. I've been playing that as well. I share some pictures in our social media. Uh, Pandemic Contagion, I'm not a huge fan of Pandemic, but I got, a, you know, the competitive way of Pandemic, which is a Contagion, a very small game where you are the deceased now and trying to go all around the world, trying to, you know, unfortunately destroy the humanity. Uh, but it's a cool game, competitive. I had fun. I played with my wife. Looking forward to playing more from Seaman Games as well. But in this episode number 54, like I said, we're going to talk about Set I Watch, the Deluxe Edition. This is uh, designed, like I mentioned before, from Todd Walsh. It's uh, published by Rogue Manor Games, and this is a game that you can play either solo or you can play it cooperative with your friends. You know, it's one to four players game, and you know it's um, it's it's a very very. I'm gonna stop. I'm not gonna tell you my thoughts. Before we do that, though, let's start to inspect the game like we always do in the show. So let's jump to our first section of the show, which is box. And cover. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the section of box and cover. The box, I have it here with me. I'm moving it in that way you can hear it. You know I love to do that. Actually, one thing that I noticed already with this new microphone that I'm using, it's called, um, forgive me, of course, about my English and my lack of, of knowledge on these aspects of audio. It's called card cardioid or something. So apparently what it does is that it focus more on the on whoever is speaking, uh, you know, in front of the mic. So in that way, only my voice come through, and you don't have all the background noise. And I can notice already because my dogs, unless you tell me otherwise, once again in the comments, my dogs are crazy, are going like crazy. 
around the, around the hallways and around the game room and all that stuff. And before, when I was recording, I could hear the steps all the way on the episode. And probably there's some episodes that you can hear, like, you know, things like making a lot of noise. That was my dogs, or is my dogs. But with this microphone, I feel like, because I'm having the headphones, I feel like an, I only hear my voice. And I hope the same quality that I'm hearing right now on my, headfo- on my headphones, I hope it's the same quality that you're getting through the other speakers. Apparently, what the technology and the theory is telling me the way that I, they teach it to me, that's how it's supposed to be. But once again, I'm pretty sure that you have more knowledge than me on this uh, aspect. So please, you know, help out a good friend. Help help a brother out, like somebody said. Okay, so we're going to talk about Sarah Watch, the box and cover. The box is very a nice size. You know, it's like a, literally like a book size. Like most of the standards books, this is the same side of the books. Um, you know, it's very accessible, like I like to call it. You can put in any backpack. It will fit perfectly. Any, uh, you know, mailing bag, I guess that's what I call it. So you can do, um, put them there. And once I have it, I have the, the box here. You can hear how I'm moving it and how I take away my voice from the mic. Oh, I, I'm loving this technology so far. Okay. And this is Sarah Watch. Now, the Deluxe Edition, which is the one that I have here, it has like a nice cover, like very silverish, and it has some wolf and, uh, you know, orcs in the in the front, and it's Sarah Watch, and the A is like, you know, with some flames because you're trying to, you know, defend your camp during the game, spoiler alert. And it tells you on the side that it's to play uh, by 10 euro, 10 euro plus, and it's one to four players, and the time length is 60 minutes. Also on the back, in a very nice uh, silver shining way, it says Rock Manor Games, and you can find all these games at rockmanorgames.com. And this is Sarah Watch, and now that we talk about the box and cover, once again, it's all black, by the way. It's very nice. I really like, this is the kind of box that you know that you can display very easily on top of your shelf or things like that, because it's not crazy big. And the art and, you know, at least the deluxe edition, the art and the, the black box with the silver and all the stuff, it makes it look very pretty and very thematic for your game rooms or your gaming area. So I, that's another plus for the game that I want to mention with the box and cover. Anyway, now that we talk about the box and cover, let's see the important thing. Let's see what is inside the box because that's the game. Let's go to an next section inside the box. Let's do it right now. Inside the box. Okay, so now we are in the inside the box section of the show. So let's open this uh, this bad boy here. Sorry, I'm going to put the mic a little bit on the side because I'm literally on doing the audio unboxing with you, my friends. And that's another uh, purpose of the show, if this is your first time, is to give you that audio unboxing feeling that you have on the YouTube channels and stuff. But if you're in a subway, if you're in a train, if you're uh, you know running around, jogging, doing exercise, if... If you're on, you know, on a plane, on a car, or something, in that way you can have the feeling without distracting your eyes and trying to look at video, right? So I'm moving the box here in front of you, and uh, now I took the sleeve from the box, and I'm trying to manipulate with my, I'm with my hands and opening the box and all that stuff. So sorry if my voice gets a little bit uh, far away. I guess. Um, let's see. I know there's a way to open the box because the the box gate. Oh, there it is. The box plays a very important role in the game. Why? Because the box is actually the game mat. The box is where every, all the action is happening. Or mainly, or mainly your decisions are going to land on the box. Why? Because as soon as you open the box, you will see that it has with a very nice magnet. It has the, 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 you know, the campfire uh, or the camp uh, base area play-ish, I guess. <laughs> and it has the slots for the cards where you're going to play the map cards. You're going to play... Uh, your progress cards as well. You're going to have the different actions like the scout, scout ahead, the chop firewood, the heal, the equip, the check map. And all these places, 
it will have a space for you to place a die with a certain value, at least with a certain value, in that way you can trigger them. Also, it has a very nice surrounding the fire, like a little track that it goes from 1 all the way to 15. And on those track is going to be the level of fire that you have because you want to you wanna keep the watch. You want to keep the fire alive because at some point, guess what? If the fire goes down, well, you can lose the game. And that we will talk about more when we talk about how the game plays. And then you have also very nice um, small cards, very nice qualities, which they will be the abilities of our heroes. Then you have um, uh, some wooden tokens. Once again, those are for every uh, camp action that the heroes will trigger. We're going to talk... A little bit more about when we talk about how the game play. You also get the fire wooden tokens that you will use to keep the, the fire alive during the game. You also get a, bon get a bunch of dice, and I'm moving them here. Different colors. Oh, one goes to the floor. There is probably you here in the background. Oh, two go to the floor. Oh, I think this little Ziploc bag that, <laughs> that it came in was a little, you know, here. So that's why everybody is uh, going to the floor. I'm picking it up right now. But, um, you know, you will get these dice with you as well on the game. What else we get? We get some cards, some enemy cards, the vampires and things like the undead cards, which all of them, they um, share the same background in the summon cards because they will be, let's open these ones. You're hearing even how I'm opening the Ziploc box. That's very cool. Okay, so we have it here. Okay, some of the cards will have the same background because some of the cards also would trigger some actions like the bolster action, the vanquish, and the seal. But on the other side of the card, you will have different you know, events that they will be happening during each uh, stage of the game. Also, you will have the enemies, like for example, here I have, um, let's see, have the summon card, which once again, once one that happens, you will summon the uh, particular enemy or boss-ish, I guess, during the game. You have like the Hydra, the Minotaur, the Pyromancer, the Lich or Lick, uh, the Goblin Chief, the Werewolf, the High Priest, the Raid Lord, Wyvern Rider, Warlord, Necromancer, things like that. You know, you know the deal. You already start to feel the theme, I guess. And also, you get a very nice rule book. Let's take it out. This is the hardest part <laughs> of me doing the audio boxing. Okay. You have the rule book, which it has a very nice on the back, which I love when games do like that. On the back, you have the round overview, which is basically will be telling you what to do step by step during the game. And you can hear how I'm moving the pages here. Um, the color of the rule book. It's nice. It looks like an old, you know, old book on thematic fantasy-ish. You will get the idea, like a little mustard color, I guess. And it has set a watch, the rule book. And it has the game summary, the setup, all the stuff. And it's um, 19 double-sided. Well, with the back of the rule book will be 20. Uh, 20 pages double-sided in the way you can follow the steps, all the FAQ, glossary, the setup, all the stuff, how to play. Which, by the way, you will hear my thoughts, something about the rule book at the end of the, towards the end of the show. Also... We have all the heroes that are going to be playing part, or are going to have a very important part on the game. So remember, you can choose four of these. Uh, you can play with the knight. You can play with the cleric. You can play with the beast master. You can play with the bard, like the witcher, the one that sings Toysa coin to you, witcher. That's the bard. <laughs> so you can play with him in this game as well. You have the ranger, um, you know, which is like, the, like this very cool character. And each character will have a different ability during the game also. Like, for example... Now that we're talking about the ranger, uh, the uh, ranger, every time that you that you camp, uh, you can uh, Elven Scout, which is draw, look, and rearrange the top four cards of the creature deck and return them all to the top of the creature deck. So all of them, they will have different abilities. Also, we have the wizard, we have the rogue, uh, we have the warrior, 
which it has a wood axe, which is increased the firewood by four. That makes sense because if he has the axe, well, he's going to be chopping wood like crazy. So anyway, we have all these characters, once again, the ones that I mentioned. Uh, probably some of them are, are uh, you know, unique for the deluxe edition. I'm not completely sure on that. But these are the characters that you're going to use for your adventure. And this is all you get inside the box. And then after you take everything, all the components from them, then you will see that there's two spaces inside the box because, like I told you, not, not only the top part of the box uh, plays a big, important role in the game, also, it, like, the, literally the box inside. And because it has two, look, two um, slots on the, on the box for you to play some cards, it has one slot that it says use on use on use locations and another one that it says the hoard. Now, these will also play a very, very, very important role in the game. You will see now in a little bit when we talk about the playthrough because they can trigger different things. So anyway, this is all you get inside the box of the set I watched, the Lux Edition. And now that we talk about that, let's see how briefly, how can I explain to you of how the game plays. And then after that, I will share my thoughts with you about the game. Once again, let's jump, let's see, let's talk, let's converse, let's debate about how the game plays. Gameplay. Okay, so now let's talk about how the game plays. So the game, it's a very, very uh, simple and a smooth game that the rulebook, it can make it a little bit, you know, uh, tricky, but we're going to talk about the rulebook when I share my thoughts with you. But anyway, the game basically is going to play over different, over different phases. How you set up the game? Well, first of all, you're going to choose the four characters that you're going to use for the adventure. Like we mentioned on the unboxing part, you can choose the warrior, or the bar, or the ranger, or the wizard, you know. So once you have all those four, then you're going to, they each one of them have a different deck with abilities. You're going to choose three abilities that you're going to place on your hero. Basically, they're all going to have these three abilities. And these three abilities, they can become exhausted. Also, those exhausted, it will be like a, kind of like they're alive during the game because if they can became fully exhausted, well, that's it. It's like basically they're done, right? So anyway, you will choose those uh, three skills from your skill deck. And the other ones, they will be on a reserve deck that you can at some point trigger different abilities or trigger different actions. You can swap and things like that in that way you can bring different abilities to your to your turns, right? Because, you know, the, the strategy of the game can change as, it's, as you're progressing to the game and it's coming a little bit more harder. Also, uh, besides setting up your character, you're going to start to set up the camp. Basically, like I mentioned, the box will be your camp, will be your mat. And how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to start to putting all the decks. So you're going to prepare the map, prepare the creature deck. For an easy, uh, I guess for an easy uh, variant, you can use the summon, uh, just one summon card, because the summon card will, will bring a, like a big bad um, boss, let's call it right. Or if you want to play in a normal um, difficulty, you can put two summon cards, hard two summon cards, insane four summon cards, and so forth. And that way you can, so the game has that different, uh, you know, variability of the, difficulty that you can experience during the game you're gonna prepare the map which is um you know you're gonna uh, give the uh, one uh, wooden one uh, map token to uh, to the all the players in that way they can use it as a mark um you're gonna prepare the hollow uh, deck so you're gonna shuffle the hollow cards and without looking draw and place one card in the horde face down now the horde remember is the space or the slot that it was inside the box so you're gonna place one over there from the own hollow in that way, you can summon it later on during the game. And basically, also, you're going to start with your fire on a particular level on the fire camp, which it will allow you to see up to two uh, spaces on the creature row because you're going to have a creature row that is trying to come. The creatures are trying to uh, come to the camp. 
in order to kill everybody and extinguish the fire, of course. So with your fire on the starting level, you are able to see up to two creatures coming from the woods in the middle of the night to, you know, to give you the idea of the theme. So what you're going to do once you have set up everything on the map, once you have the, the exploration deck and or the location deck and all the stuff, once you have the graveyard, which is, uh, well, you're going to have the graveyard, which, which the graveyard, I'm sorry, which is where all the creatures are going to be. You already have your on hollow deck. You already have the creature deck, the cord, uh, card that you place in the box. Uh, you already set up the, the fire wooden token where it's going to start. Um, then you are ready to start the game. How are you going to start the game? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to roll everybody's die. If you're playing solo, you're playing with four characters. If you're playing two players, well, you're playing two players, two characters each, I'm sorry. If you're playing three players, well, you guys have to decide who is going to end up with one character or so forth. You're going to split the four characters between the three. You know, you're playing four, well, as simple as everybody has a character. So whatever is the, uh, the variant that you're doing, you're going to roll, everybody's going to roll their dice at the same time. And the result you get, you're going to put it on the particular slot for every hero where they can carry one die. Also, the hero has either two, um, you know, two forms of attack. Some of them, they can have the melee attack, which is, you know, basically they need to be in contact with the monster. And the other ones will have the range attack. Well, they can, you know, try to throw some arrow or something, you know, a little bit farther down the, down the line of the creatures. And basically, that's how the game is going to work. So on your turn, after you roll the dice and you place the dice on, you, on, your, uh, on your character, you're going to reveal the location card. So you're going to reveal the location card and it will either decrease the fire by a certain amount or, or something is going to happen. Usually bad things are going to happen. And then it's going to have like a little narration, like a different, you know, situation that is happening. And then you're going to, um, once you manipulate the fire and everything, you're going to have a line of, our, of enemies that you're going to put face down uh, on the wall in front of the camp, in front of the box in this case. But remember, however, hum, hum, depends on how much your fire is, how, how strong your fire is. If it's a level one or, or, or two or three, well, that's the enemies that you're able to see in the dark um you know that's more thematic i guess and then from taking that in consideration those are the enemies that you can attack or try to defeat and the enemies are going to start to get closer turn, turn by turn turn by turn towards the campfire until it's going to be harder for you to try to destroy them anyway once you roll the dice and and you're going to pick who is going to rest in the camp and whoever rests in the camp he's able to refresh a card and take a camp action refresh a card means that if you exhausted a skill, which once again, you're going to start with three. If you exhausted one because you use it, you can refresh that card, bring it back the ability, or you can swap cards, you know, from ones that you have on, on your reserve towards the towards your hero, uh, hero board and, and so forth. So that's one way of healing, let's call it, for the heroes. Also, um, once you get in the camp, you have different actions that they're mentioned on the box, which is the mat. Uh, that we talk about already on the unboxing part, which where you can chop wood, which is basically you will play some dice there to increase the fire you're chopping wood. And remember, the warrior has a good ability for that. <laughs> okay. And also you can scout ahead, which, you know, you're going to be able to see the cards that are coming and, and swap them, putting one on the, on, the, on the bottom of the deck, one on the top. That's usually the location cards that you can do that. Also, you can check the map. If you have a four or plus that, you can place there to check the map to see which card is coming up. Uh, you can heal with uh, exactly a six die. You can put there, and also you can, you know, refresh another card, basically, or heal. Um, you can equip a card from the reserve as well. Uh, you can cast rune spells with doubles or triples or things like that. 
And you can, uh, you know, adventure camp ability. All, they all have their camp ability. Once again, like we mentioned, the warrior, he has the increase the firewood by four, which is very good. You want to increase the firewood the most that you can. And after that, well, it's the watch phase, the setup watch phase. We're going to reveal the creature base on the campfire level. Once again, depends on how strong your fire is, you're going to reveal those creatures. And you're going to spend your dice as attacks or to activate abilities. Remember, each character will have three different dice, and they have different values. If, For example, if I remember correctly, the wizard, the warrior, they have different values versus the, the normal, uh, for example, the rogue. Um, it has the, the, the D6. And depend on the who the character is, the bard, you're going to trigger the different abilities on your uh, skills or on your cards or to use basically attacks towards the enemy. Once again, some of them, they will be ranged. Some of them will be melee. The story is that you're going to try to kill them as soon as possible. Um, you know, you're going to spend your dice to do that. And you're going to exhaust a card. You can also exhaust a card to increase the firewood by two, which that's very helpful. It's like a last resource that you can do to try to keep you alive. And that way you can try again next turn and that way you don't lose the game. Now, uh, you have to remember that there's, uh, well, I didn't, I didn't tell you about that, but the, the enemies will have a card priority usually. Uh, you know, if the cards appear to activate at the same time or conflict with one or another, well, we please have, we need to do the card priority first for the enemies. Uh, you know, the summon card always triggered no matter what. So that means on the line of creatures that are coming towards the firewood, when you reveal them and there's a summon card, you are lost because you need to summon the enemy from there, uh, the enemy that is in the box. It's You don't know who is the enemy right now so far. You have the ability cards, you know, you know that they, they can destroy the creatures before anything bad happens. And, you know, as soon as you are resolving the creature cards, they will be triggered. They have abilities too. And they will be also being triggered every as soon as you are, you know, revealing them. So, and basically, that's how the game, how the game plays, how the game works, you know. Creatures are trying to come to destroy your camp. And you, as a strong warrior, bard, wizard, you know, very thematic fantasy, you're trying to, uh, you know, avoid that and you're trying to destroy them all. So, how the end is going to game? Well, the end... It will, it will end either way, either we lose or we win, right, of course. But we're going to win, uh, you know, by making it through the all nine locations, the locations that we set up in the game, they're going to be nine. If we go through all of them, we win the game because we destroy all the creatures. We are safe, and our camp is safe to live another day, and we can go in further adventures. So we win the game by, once again, surviving or going through all the nine locations successfully. But here is the but. If the party fire would ever reach zero, that means that the fire gets extinguished because the creatures are coming to us. Well, we lose the game, you know. But remember, the an important thing is to remember the ability that you can exhaust a card, like kind of a last resource, like I mentioned, to increase the firewood by two. So if you are in a very bad turn and you see like the fire is going to be done, it's going to be completely gone. Well, you before the uh, you know the turn ends, you can sacrifice you know a skill card or something to try to make the fire <laughs> you know bigger it's like basically trying to waste the last energy instead of fighting an enemy like here is a piece of wood you throw it and you the fire goes a little bit higher so you know that's the, that's the idea thematically i guess uh and also also if all adventures on watch become exhausted by the end of a round the party has fallen and guess what the game is lost so basically, that's the whole idea of Set a Watch. That's how you play thematically. Um, you know, it's that once again, we have the fire camp. We are four different heroes. Creatures are coming in the dark, in the woods, in the night. 
And well, we need to survive the nights. And this is going to be a horrible adventure, but we have to. We have to. And how, that's how the gameplay, the mechanic of the game, the theme of the game, it, 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 it's very attached to each other. And, you know, that's, that's how it goes, basically. That's set I watch. Now, the, 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 the important thing of the game is basically trying to choose the skills. You know, which skill is good for this turn. Uh, you know, if I should go, if I should put this here on the camp in that way they can uh, trigger this ability. It's just, you know, has, it has that variation turn to turn. And I think that will fall more into my thoughts on the game. So I guess after we already talk about how the game plays and the idea of the game, um, you know, and just like I mentioned, if you don't lose the game, you just go in the next turn and roll against every die and put them on, the, on their character mats and start to trigger ability and start to reveal creatures and so forth, deciding who goes to camp. I think, uh, because I, we already talked about that, I think it's a good moment right now to share with you my thoughts. But before I do that, let's do it officially. And let's go to the last section of the show, which is if you rather play this game solo or cooperative. Solo or cooperative. Okay, so now we are in the section where I share my thoughts with you. And this is if we rather play this game solo or cooperative. Well... This was Set a Watch, or this is Set a Watch, once a game designed by Todd Welsh and published by Rock Manor Games. The game it has a very interesting mechanics, um, like the the mechanic you know that the creatures are coming to the camp, and that you can only are able to reveal creatures according to the to the fire the level of the fire, uh, in that way you can attack them or destroy them, which is ideally right. So th that mechanic I like it because it's very attached to the theme. It's a very thematic game. Um, I like also the actions on the camp that, you know, that also plays, makes you um, f or force you or push you to have a better strategy on how it's going to be on the game. So, yeah, the mechanic of the playmat or the box, I really like it. You know, like how it's, like I mentioned, you know, like sort of a push at you once again to uh, to have a strategy every turn, every every. every yeah, as go as the turns keeps going and you are facing different uh, difficulties, and probably you start to think like, okay, this is the right time for for one of my uh, heroes to go and, and rest in the camp in the way they can refresh one of their skills and they can either heal or check the map or, or see you know scout a little bit or or even to increase the fire like we mentioned before, the wire is probably the best to do that. You know, so so I I really like that mechanic of of the of the game that with the camp, the, how it pushes you to have different strategies uh, turn by turn. Also, uh, you know, another thing that I really like from the game is that uh, that it's a usually a thing that I don't enjoy as much in other games that they try to do at the same time. The same thing is when, for example, when it tells you one to four players, is you every player has a uh, character, and if you play solo, you had to use the four characters. Usually, if you tell me that in a game, I'm all against it, and I'm like, no, I don't think I will enjoy it as much. The same when uh, you know when you have, um, for example, with Arkham Horror, the the LCG, when you have to manipulate two decks and stuff like that. That's other part that is like, uh, because you know, for me, it's like I want to just uh, use my characters and in, in, in just one character, and you know, I want to avoid any confusion or, any, or anything like that, and I just want to make it the things a little bit simpler, and that way I can. You know, get, uh, I guess grow a bond with the character and feel and be more immersive in the game and things like that. But uh, in this game, um, it, it really worked. And uh, I think it does a great job, the designer told Wash. Uh, for me, playing as a solo, it, it, it wasn't complicated at all. Uh, probably because it's not a deck building. Once again, it's like a rolling die and then you 
you know, place your dice in, in your mat and then you just try to uh, start triggering actions when the when the face and the turn triggers. But um, it, it works very well. It actually, I don't have anything against, uh, you know, having four characters when you play solo. Actually, I feel like if you had less characters, it would be way harder. So I think that part of the design, vers- uh, you know, with, with uh, having the four characters, with their abilities, with the camp abilities and how the mechanic of the of the creatures are coming to you to fight, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. I think it works very well. I think it bonds very well. Uh, because, you know, some some people also, they, they said, well, it's like a tower defense game. And it can feel that mechanic like a tower defense game or a castle defense, whatever you want to call it. But definitely this is, I guess, like a campfire defense. Uh, but it, it has the other the other part of the theme and the, and the mechanics with the character abilities that it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like that. I have played, you know, very simple games like Dead Panic, Castle Panic, those kinds of games, tower defense, you know. Even from some of the tiny epics that are there, well, kind of a tower defense. But this game um, definitely, I don't feel that it can fall in that category. Uh, it for me, it falls most in, more in the category of you know the adventurous and you know like very thematic, like I mentioned before during the playthrough and things like that. Like we're we're in the camp in the middle of the woods, dark night, and we all have different roles. And then suddenly the creatures start to come, and we can see uh, you know on the on the distant. I can visualize two two creatures coming because the fire is kind of, you know, not not very strong and, and you know they're they're coming right now. So the archer or, or whoever has the ranger attack start to shoot and then start to fight. That sort of thing that that I really feel that the mechanics, also even if the game has the theme, the mechanics of the game also push you through that theme if that makes sense. So with that being said, I think that's one cool thing of the game that it works very well mechanic wise and theme wise. The components of the game I really I really like them as well. Uh, the wooden tokens. I see this same quality before on the, um, on Maximum Apocalypse game, which once again it's another game from Rogue Manor Games. And if you remember and you've been listening to the podcast, that's a, uh, probably an episode around 20, 30 ish, uh, where I record an interview with Mike and Aid, and we actually talk about this game before it was released. But we talk about Maximum Apocalypse, and in Maximum Apocalypse you get wooden uh, tokens also that represent the monsters. They represent the fuel that you need to fill up the band in order to escape from the city and things like that. Well, here you have the same quality of wooden tokens, which they're very good quality. Dice quality is very standard quality. I mean, whatever you can expect in any other board game, but they have different colors, which is good because for different all the characters, different shapes, you know, um, that's that's also good because some of them D6, D8, and so forth. And also they're, they're very, co- you know, standard good quality of dice. When I say standard, it doesn't mean anything wrong. It's just that, you know, the standard quality that you will get uh, in any set of dice for D&D or so, or those sort of things is the same here, that you're going to get that that feeling, that um, that quality. Um, they feel good at the table, um, <clears throat> you know, and the colors, I think they also are a very cool thing because you get them in orange, in red, uh, in purple, in green, in yellow. So each character, you know, you will assign their own die particularly. And it will be very easy because in the mat, it will tell you which shape of die they they're going to be rolling as well. Um, you know, another thing that I like from the game is that the whole box, you use it for for the game. It's another aspect that also it can be, you know, I guess it can go either way because the the important thing about these kinds of games and the, the other one that I remember, it has the same, that the box plays a big important or a, like a most important <laughs> part of the game is the, the monster slaughter from Ankama games. Uh, you know that is that you don't want if you get this this box in the mail, you don't want the box to be damaged. This is very important. In other in other games, the box can be damaged and things like that, and 
doesn't matter, right? Because as long as the components or the math or things like that, they're not damaged, you will be, you will be able to, you know, no problem. But with these ones, uh, you want to make sure that the other thing, that it will be the risky part, um, you know, be sure that the, that the box doesn't get damaged on, the, on your way on the, to the house. But also, if you get in your favorite local gaming store, well, you won't have that problem. And once you get it, just make sure that, you know, it doesn't get any damage. And that was because when we talk about the accessibility and how easy it is to transport this game from one place to another, well, just keep that in mind that you don't want to damage the box because, once again, the box, you know, it, that's where you will play most of the game uh, because that's where you're going to place the, all the cards. And, you know, I like that the, even the box where you keep the components, it also has the space for the decks for the unused locations, the hoard, and also, like I said, the magnet that it will close the, the box as soon as you open it, the box, it will fold out and it will be like a nice layout of the camp and the art is good. That's another thing from the game that I, that I enjoy. The art, the art of the game, I mean, everything is more like a, like a all like pergamines or tableau, I guess. That's what they want to try to do. We know very fantasy attached. But the art is good. The art on the on the on the characters is good. The art on the characters of the the bad guys, the necromancer that can make the zombies and all the stuff, uh, also it's very good. Um, I like that the um, the art that you get on the skill cards as well. The art on the box on the camp, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's very good. Globally, globally in general, I like the game. So my thoughts are that it's a good game to play solo. Uh, it's a game that it plays well uh, two players. Um, and four players, it can work good as well. The only thing that I go is that if you're playing four players, uh, it's gonna, you know, there's not particularly turn order. You do you do things according to the to the situation, right? Like with that being said, it doesn't mean that okay, I go then my, the one on my right, and no, I mean you can or the one on my left. You can just you know start to trigger different things in that way. Whatever it, it, it needs to be done, in, it doesn't matter the order of the of the turns uh, or the players. But you know it can. It can probably had that a little bit of the alpha player. Uh, with three players, it's probably my less favorite because the amount of characters, only because of that. Because one, you know, two characters are going to have, you know, one character is going to have two and the other one two ones or so forth. So it's um, that three player number is, for me, I guess, my less favorite for with my experiences. My favorite ones, though, were uh, the two players or the one player game. Then, with that being said, I believe that this game played better solo than cooperative. Now, it doesn't mean that once again that cooperative is a bad is a bad game. It's just my preference. I believe this game, uh, you know, sh has his uh, shine and it, it brights better as a solo game. But I mean, if if you if you feel like the adventure for four player works for you, everybody handle their own characters. I think it will work as well. Like I said, I think it works good. Uh, two players, four players. My least favorite three players because of the of the characters that they need to be split. But um, you know, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts. I think for me, I really enjoyed first player. Once again, like I always said, I put um, background music like a soundtrack from some thematic, you know, either uh, series or movie or something uh, like The Witcher, <laughs> and then you start to play the game and, and you start to get into it. I really like the mechanics. Um, they, uh, the one of the things that I don't like, or I you know, I was a little bit disappointed is the rule book. Why? Because the rulebook, the art is, gr is good on the main one. But for me, and I actually talked to some of my friends, um, we found the same problem. The rulebook, the all the information or most of the information is there. But the way that is displayed, uh, it still, uh, you know, leaves some unanswered questions like what if certain things happen? So 
how do you do this? Or So it took me a while, like, you know, I read the rule book like two or three times before the setup, and then I still had some doubts, and, and then I went to Board Game Geek, and, you know, the, the usual things that we do as a as a board gamers, like, let's go to Board Game Geek and see how it does or read it. Um, so th I think that's the only thing, the rule book. I'm, I'm not saying, it's it's hard, because I'm not saying that the rule book, it's, it's, it's a bad rule book, or it, it doesn't tell you, no. The, definitely the information is there, and it, it tells you. It's just the layout, I guess, I don't know. That's my feeling about the rule book. In general, I think it's a game that, that you should add to your collection, especially if you're a solo gamer, and if you like those kinds of things, those themes like fantasy and you know, like the, with the characters that I mentioned, um, I will definitely recommend this game for you. Also, it's very easy to get. Once again, you can visit rockmannergames.com and that's where you can find the, uh, the game. I'm pretty sure your favorite local gaming store won't have any issue on, on if they don't have the game there, well, you know, to, to order it for you. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, I've been, I spend a lot of time in most of the, of the gaming stores very often and I have seen the game, you know, available everywhere. Uh, also, you know, the biggest online market, which I don't need to give any, <laughs> any more promotion, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can you can find it there. The, the price is very accessible. Actually, let's check right now on the retail price because, you know what, I didn't prepare uh, myself with that one, but I can I can um, find it for you here um, while, while I'm talking to you, right? But, yeah, this is a game that I, f I definitely recommend it to you. And if we, um, if we go by my ratings, usually for the show, uh, you know, where um, Zero is the worst game and you don't want to play it never and you want to burn it or probably you want you don't even want to waste energy and oil or whatever it requires to burn a game. Uh, that's the Zero where versus the Five is a game that you can play every single time. Well, Set a Watch, I think I will give it a strong four uh, because it's a game that if I'm in the mood to play a fantasy game solo, that it, wasn't, that it, it will not require me a huge setup. And it will still have the rolling dice part, and it will still have the drawing card part from the creatures, and still managing your skills and stuff like that. And now I want to go, let's see, let's say through a Eldritch Horror setup or something like that. Well, uh, well, it's definitely team, right? Because Eldritch Horror is more like a Thule. But if I don't want to go in a deep, immersive, let's say it, I don't know, fantasy Gloomhaven, this is probably the most you know, top complicated, <laughs> a lot of the rings. If I don't want to go through all the struggle, but I want to, I want to have like that feeling of playing a solo immersive fantasy game. Probably, probably my go to, my go to will be a uh, set a watch. Uh, once again, the, I think this is a second success from Rock Manor Games uh, because they, like I said, they had a big success with Maximum Apocalypse, which is a great game. Now we set a watch with a strong four that I give as well. I think it's a very good game. I'm looking forward to try Lawyer Up, which Lawyer Up is going to be released very soon from Fantasy, uh, Fantasy from uh, Rock Manor Games. Uh, that one doesn't play solo, I believe, but you know it's a very interesting game that I'm that I'm looking forward to try. Anyway, I told you about the price. I can see that the price is thirty thirty dollars, thirty American dollars. So that's what it's in the biggest online market, and apparently it's the retail price because they don't have the sale price there. So I'm I'm assuming that's the retail price. But anyway, if you want to be completely sure, go to roguemanorgames.com once again. And I'm pretty sure that they can ship the game anywhere in the world. So that was it. This was the Set a Watch episode once again. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope the quality of the sound really improved. I, I hope you can tell the difference from previous episodes to this one. Once again, from here is to keep improving. Uh, you know, try to get more equipment, more uh, studio-ish uh, type of uh, atmosphere. Because right now I'm recording literally on my game room. Literally on top of the side board game that it was the last board game that I played. And I'm looking forward to play it tonight again uh, with my wife. And, you know, we're going to keep talking about games. Once again, this was episode 54. If you 
please do follow us in Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. Remember that right now, at this moment, I'm recording on February 15. Hopefully, it will be published tonight, this episode, or tomorrow, February 16th, Sunday. Um, right now, we have a current giveaway, which I think it has been the most successful giveaway from Solo BG Podcast, which is on Facebook. So go right now and look for us on Facebook. And all you have to do to win an exclusive promo kit uh, released from American stores, Matt from Marvel Champions LCG, along with... Um, also, I'm, I'm giving you the mat, and I'm giving you the four promo cards from for the four base heroes on the on the main box, and that's Spider-Man. Um, I think it's uh, uh, it's Spider-Man, it's She-Hulk, it's also uh, Iron Man, and it's also oh man, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. So the the promo cards they have a, a comic alternate art, so they look more like the comics. So you can win those four promo cards and the mat if you go right now to our Facebook page, Solo BG Podcast, and all you have to do is like the post, like the Facebook page, and share that post with your friends. You need to tag two friends on your on the comments on that post. And that's the way that you can get access to the opportunity to win that prize. I will ship the prize anywhere in the world. So wherever you are, I will be happy to ship you your prize, which once again is an exclusive Marvel LCG Champions Math with promo card that it was exclusive, only released on the game stores, I believe, in U.S. And don't quote me on this, but I believe most of the stores in U.S., they're all done. They won't receive any more of these, uh, uh, you know, kid release, um, I guess, Marvel thing from Fantasy Flight. So this is your opportunity to get one of those in your hands because it's beautiful. I have mine, and I really enjoy playing Marvel Champions, uh, the card game with with those components. Anyway, you can win that. Go to our Facebook page, Solo BG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with your friends. And once again, you can reach me at my email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>